hope to all the people who don't enter the sea, folks, that thank you as I, I have to thank you all for the However, uh, the author of Hebrews actually writes, we need to pay attention to it or we'll start to drift away. And so I can think of times in my life where the Word of God became less important and secular things became more important. Think of it like this. After a church, one of the models we took a look at in the last painting that I had was some that second. We were sat down for about three or four hours, and we were up in uh, uh, Academy, actually. It was a really neat little class there. About two or three hours, we got to sit down there, and they started talking about the life cycle of the church. And I wanted to apply this to a Christian, because I believe that Christians have similar life cycles. What happens is that a church is born through a Bible study, or it's born through some sort of evangelistic endeavor, and now suddenly they recognize there's a need for a church. And it grows into a entity that says Jesus Christ is the head. Jesus Christ is the number one reason. Jesus Christ is what we're here to worship, to focus on, and be a part of. But through that life cycle of the church, those founding members begin to, well, they begin to get what? Either move on to other churches, or they begin to, like normal Baptists, pass away, don't they? They either begin to pass away or die or move on to other churches. And so some of those newer Christians come in, and their number one priority wasn't that focus on Jesus. It was now because inside of the church they now have programs. And their focus is just what? The programs, isn't it? The programs. Well, you got something good for my kids. You got something good for my teenagers. You got something good for my young adults, right? You got something there. The music program is wonderful, right? So we end up with those things that the focus is no longer Jesus, but the focus is now the programming. And so therefore the focus on God is moved from the driver's seat over to the pastor. And so we do the same thing in our Christian life when we start taking our focus off of God and God's Word and putting it on something else. Entertainment, wisely preacher, handsome preacher, and unfortunately, it's year 2023, and a lot of people believe in female preachers. I certainly do not, but a lot of people do. And they'll look at one they find attractive, whether or not they're biblical or not to be relevant to them. They'll look at one that they consider to be high candy that's pretty bad in itself. Making a long story short, though, uh, the focus is no longer God or God's Word. The focus is programming. We do the same thing in our Christian life when we say God's Word is entertaining me anymore. God's Word is now secondary. And we lose focus of that. Look at Hebrews 2, verse 1 again. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Somebody once asked me, why is it so important to hear the Word of God? I want to quote you, Romans 10, verse 17. Somebody help me out here. Faith comes by and hearing by the Word of God. Think about that for a second here. And here we've got in Hebrews 2, verse 1, pay attention to what you've heard. The Word of God. Listen to it and understand what God's Word says. Keep that as the number one focus. Everything else is irrelevant. Programming, keep down the side, is irrelevant. A church lives or dies whether or not it stays in God's will, not whether or not it has good programming. To this day, we have churches call our office every day saying, what are you guys doing at Robertson Avenue that we're not doing? And what I usually tell them is, we're in the Word of God. You know what the other one I tell them is? Come and find out. Come and see. Stay in the Bible. Don't let anybody else come up to you and say, do this, do this, do this, do this, and you're not doing this, and people are leaving because you're not doing this. Stay right there. God will continue to grow. 
Bible tells us in Hebrews 2 1, therefore we must give the more earnest heed to things we have heard, lest we drift away. And I like that drift away kind of analogy. Sometimes we like to look at the backsliding. Uh, there's a famous preacher out there who I love very much. He says there's no such thing as a backslider. There's no such thing as people who never stood forward in the first place. He said, if you could do those things, you didn't really slide forward in the first place. You just let anybody think that you do. Look at me in Proverbs 14, verse 14 here. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways, but a good man will be satisfied from above. In other words, you're satisfied with what God said. You're satisfied with God's word. You're satisfied with what God is doing. But the backslider will be filled with your own ways. In other words, start looking to, hey, I want something different. I want something different. I want the programming to change. Change. And so, back to that life cycle of the church. Understand what the program is. So, well, the emphasis with the program now takes a back seat because it's now when well, we want to keep the people who are still here happy, not the new people. That is the life cycle of the church in Southern Baptist life. And now, all of a sudden, now Jesus and now programming are in the back seat and distance the front. Don't take them mad because we're giving us life. Here for friends, 
You're here for social. You're here for something else. You're here for the wrong reason. You should be here to do one thing, praise God. Amen? That's what we're here for. Let's take a look at the next slide. Number two now. You find yourself quick to make decisions without consulting God by examining His words and seeking God in prayer. This is a general statement, so it's not applying to everybody. Incidentally, the people out there, these are not necessarily in order. So you can see certain things come first, certain things come last, and certain come in different orders. These are not in order of how it may be. It's a little different for every person. And incidentally, every person does backslide on occasion. So let's just go ahead and put that out there. There's not a one of us that are perfect. Somebody say amen. If you think you're perfect, you're in the wrong church. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, the Mormon church is just down the road, okay? Alright? If you think you're perfect, but you're not perfect, okay? Now, two, you find yourself quick to make decisions without consulting God by examining His Word or seeking God in prayer. Have you ever done that before? I think I can understand God and I think I will do as well. Now, there's a class. There's a class going on right now. And it's a wonderful class called Experiencing God. And what that class does is keep us focused on God's Word about making decisions. And literally what we say is, you start to pray, God, where are you working? You open your eyes to see where God is working. You open God's Word to read about that. And as you're looking to see where God's working, as you're reading about where God's working, God always reveals something to you to do before the end. Sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's tremendous. Sometimes it's itty-bitty. It might seem insignificant to us, but it has eternal consequences. Eternal consequences in there. So let's take a look at our next slide with the scriptures go right here. John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. It's one of our memory verses right here. Experiencing God. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home. Kevin Oakley's name will make our abode with him. If you love me, you will keep my word. If you love God like you say you do, you will find yourself in God's word. You'll be desiring God's word. You will hunger for God's Word. You will search for God's Word, and when you pull yourself out of God's Word, you'll find yourself becoming spiritually afraid. You'll find yourself becoming surprised. You'll find yourself becoming malnourished. You'll follow Him with us. He will make His home with us if we stay in His Word. We keep His Word. Take a look at the rest of verse 23 there. My Father will love Him, and we will come to Him. John 16, You're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. That's right. Jesus. Jesus said, You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Do you want to be in God's will? Do you want to be in God's business? Do you want to be clean? Dig in God's word. All right, let's take a look at the next slide. One more time. Philippians 4 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Remember, the number two sign is that. We get out of God's Word and we quit asking God. We quit praying. Well, here we are in Philippians 4 6. The answer is nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then again, our famous old Baptist staple, 1 Thessalonians 5 17. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Want to tell you something that's a lot easier to say than it needs to be. Next thought. Number three. You find yourself quick to blame others. This is our. Letting one sign that we're starting to fall away or backslide, you find yourself quick to blame others for not serving Christ or doing what you should be doing for the Lord. You might think of a story in the Bible that's like that. Let's take a look at it right here. Next slide, please. 
Genesis 4, verse 9. Then the Lord said to Cain, this is God speaking to Cain. And you know the story of Cain and Abel, don't you? And God said to Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel, thy brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? In other words, why don't you tell me? You're the one who took it up. Have you ever done that with somebody else? you ever done that with somebody else, especially when you're not doing what God has called you to do, and then someone else starts doing it, you get mad at them. You know, that's, what, that's what that is. They want you to start to fight. The picture in our lives. Let's take a look at the next one. Exodus 32, 22 to 24. It's one of my favorite stories in the entire Bible. This is from Aaron. You guys know Aaron. Aaron has been down inside the camp of Israel. Moses has been up on the mountain getting the the oracle of God for 40 days and 40 nights there, and he comes back down, and Israel's going a party. What is a party? And this is what happens. And look at me in verse 22. So Aaron said, as Moses comes down, do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know the people. It's Israel's fault. It's not my fault. You know the people that they are set on evil. It's their fault. Listen to what he says here. Because remember, they come home and find a, a golden idol there, a golden calf. For they said to me, Make us gods that shall go before us. And for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And I said to them, Whoever has any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me. I cast it into the fire, and the staff came out all by itself. Came out all by itself. I didn't have anything to do with it. Does that sound like you? Let me tell you what that is. They wanted God's sacrifice. Well, hey amen. This is what the people wanted. I just did what they wanted. I just did what they're telling me to do. We don't do what people tell us to do. We do what God tells us to do. Think about that for a second. And when we start looking into someone else's will, we find ourselves getting back to the next time. Number four, you begin to tolerate sin in your life if you want to confess and forsake. You ever done that before? Well, this really isn't that bad. I have a video I'm going to show you in a couple of days. I'll go ahead and give you a little bit of picture of it right there. It's a younger woman, younger mom. She's going to become a born-again Christian. She walks into a teenager's room, and he's playing music that he shouldn't be playing. And she responds in three different ways. And you get to laugh over The first one, she plugs her ears and starts praying, Oh, Jesus, forgive me. I used to listen to that, and that's not going to come back and get a hold of me. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. The second one comes in, and she comes in the second time, and she's like, You know, that's really not so bad if you look at the context of marriage. The third one comes in and says, Why can't we just mix that in Christianity? When we begin backsliding, we start tolerating sin and want to confess. James 4, verse 4. Adultery is an adultery. Never wonder why James turns around out of nowhere and calls the audience, You adulterers and adulterers. Christian. We're supposed to be in this world, but not of this world. 
Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world, the Bible says here, makes himself an enemy. When you start accepting the things of the world, say, no, it's not so bad. Guess what you're doing? Guess what you're doing? We're not supposed to accept witchcraft. We're not supposed to accept cocaine. We're not supposed to accept those things. When we do, we are mixing it with the world. And let me tell you what happens to the Israelites when they allow those things to mix in with their work. You struggle to find joy in Christ, in His Word, and with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And you're backsliding, you're not praying, you're not meeting, you're not praising. You can come into church and go around other Christians and pray with you, you know that? You're going to look at them like that's crazy. Do you remember before you became a Christian? I may be one of the few that are here, and that's the state I had a life before I was Christ. Well, let me rephrase that. There is no life without Christ. But I had an existence before Jesus Christ. And I used to look at Christians and say, those guys are sinners. I thought I was the one having fun. I thought I was the one living life at its highest point. I had no idea what God had in store for me. Incidentally, incidentally, I think every single one of us can think back times in our Christian life where we let go of God's Word, where we let go of our prayer time, where we let go of our reading time. And our praise song would come on. We used to love to sing, and the tears would just flow. And all of a sudden, we're like, dude, that doesn't mean anything to you. And then let that secular song come on, and the tears would begin flow. Does that sign your walk? If you're in God's will, this is what you should be doing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, we'll say, rejoice. You want to hear it in the old King James? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Not once, but twice. Not twice. Not twice. You know, there's all kinds of scholars and theologians who get there and say, well, the house of two or three witnesses and things like that. Yeah, I think those things are all true. But I think there's something we miss sometimes when we look at the scripture. Some things we miss out there. You know what I think Paul is saying? This is just my personal opinion, commentary according to God. This is my personal opinion. Rejoice in always again. I'll say rejoice. Why? Why? Because every one of us always rejoicing eventually. So that's not quite so fun anymore. Just to get the second verse from there. Again, I say, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, it comes again to that side. Paul says, Again, I say, Rejoice. Come back. Come back. Come back. That's what we're doing. Number six. You find yourself in the state of constant complaining instead of being faithful to all Christ has done in your life. Can I tell you something about God? Old Testament, God. Little, um, well, just a little, yeah, about the place. 
Philippians 2, 14. You all thanks without complaining and disputing. James 5, 9. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is coming at the door. James 1, 16. These are grumblers, complaining, walking according to their own lust, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. Yes, you want to go behind them. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you said that. Can you look and see what she's wearing? Oh, my goodness. Next slide. Number seven. You become defensive and you take it as an attack. Someone expresses concern about the city. How do I know that? How do I know that? Let's look at some scripture on that. James 5, 19 and 20. Brethren, if anyone among you wonders for the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death. Well, sin doesn't lead to death. <laughs> yes, sin is coming. How do you do that? And that's really the question of all questions. You know how you do it? Love him. Pray for him. Listen to him. And sin. Number eight. You're quick to find everyone else's fault. You're slow to find the ones in your own life. Let's find that out right there. Let's take a look at the scripture. Matthew 7, 2 through 5. For with what judgment you judge? You will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in thine own eye? And how can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck from your eye and look at plank in your own eye? Let me give you a modern day picture of that. A speck of sawdust in your brother's eye. A roofing beam, four by four landscape pole in your eye. Frequency of Bible study has been greatly diminished in your prayer life. So we do. We need to approach the D.L. Moody's list. He's one of my favorite guys. D.L. Moody, he said, The Bible will keep you from sin, but sin will keep you from the Bible. I think that's 100% true. I can think of times in my life when I was younger, sin came, last thing I wanted to do was keep the book. That should have been the first thing. The second thing I should have been doing was being in God's house, in front of God's people, on my knees, in front of God Almighty, saying, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Better now than on the day of judgment. Look at the next one. John 14, 23 and 24. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. You know this. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. When you get out of God's word, and you get out of you're out of God's will. Look at Jesus says. If you love me, you'll be in my word, you'll keep my word, and my Father and I will make a home with you. Look at verse 24. He who does not love me does not keep my word. You put God's word aside somewhere? Answer the question, do you love yourself? The word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. This is Jesus. This word means nothing to you. you got to make 
have a chance. You began to isolate from your brothers and sisters in Christ. Like, you know, I think it's amazing how we do that. When I'm in sin, the first place I shouldn't want to be is in church. When I'm uh, in sin, I want to stay home and I want to be isolated. I think that's the trick of the devil. I really do. I think that's the devil's feeling for you. Don't go there. Those people are judging you. They're looking at you. They're thinking things of another. You know why they're not? Because we've all been there once. Some of us are there right with you. You begin to isolate from your brothers and sisters in Christ. However, you find yourself insulating yourself from the things in the world. You'll find your comfort in things in the world. Things that glitter. Things that comfort. My own depression. My own eating disorder. Whatever it may be. It will comfort you. Things of the world. Look at the next slide here. Second Timothy 4, verse 10. For demons. I love the Apostle Paul. For demons. has forsaken me. And I love Timmy, I've got no one left with me. Second Timothy. Most scholars believe him. We talked to Paul on the great days of the old and the prison. Feels like he's getting ready to be executed. Right to give us into something. Bring me my cloak. I'm cold, Timothy. Bring me the Bible. Bring them to me. By the way, bring me John Mark. I got nobody. Jesus Jesus. I can take Love this present for a lifetime of Christian and Jesus. And stand during Christianity at this time frame is dangerous to me. You get your head cut off again. You couldn't go around saying, God bless you, praise God, hallelujah. You couldn't do those things. You might get killed for that. You went around and uttered this word, Jesus is Lord. Could be uh, executed. So they believe that they're evil or more. With that being said, they had to go and see They had to have a seal of approval on every Christian belief. They had to have a seal of approval. And the Apostle Paul was right there. Our beloved physician Luke. Barnabas. One of us. He's one of us. He's one of us. We can trust him. We can listen to him. Learn from him. Never, ever. Yeah, I do. Deuteronomy 12, 31. Moses. Moses says, 
something to Israel. Says the generation that used to be slaves, who are now children of slaves, get ready to enter the promised land. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. What way are you talking about? You know, for every abomination to the Lord which he has, he hates. They burn the Lord. We don't worship them the same way the world does. So they burn even their sons and their daughters in the fire of their God. We don't mix those things into the worship of God. We can't do that either. We can't do that in a personal life either if you want to be in God's will. And if you have any of those warning signs, you might be living the back of Let it be a call to come back. Let it be a call to renew your strength. Let it be a call to say, I'm coming back to the Word of God. I'm coming back to my prayer time. I'm coming back to pray. Whatever it may be, I want to have a word of prayer. Just what we see this evening. I want to ask you, Humble yourself. Better now. You know, the days of, come on, and get it right with Jesus. Let's pray again. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name, and we thank you for your word. Ask you to take thought. If there be anyone this evening who needs to come to know you, of course, the Lord and Savior, or anyone, Lord God, who needs to get their walk right with you, would you let tonight be that night? We give you the praise, the honor, and glory in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Would you come, please, and sing just one verse?